Monday, all right? It's December 12th, and this is how I feel. Um, I want to talk about sports today, but before I do that, um, I want to tell everybody, again, please subscribe to my podcast, and if you like them, tell a friend about them. It's important. Um, I want to talk about football a little bit, um, American football that is. Um, sorry to my European listeners. Uh, I do want to discuss a little bit about just diatribism. Sub- sub- subscribing to a group think. And I know that term group think um, is a very conservative um, double entendre. Because it's this notion that you get into like a camp of people that all think the same and then they kind of just create their own falsehoods. And it doesn't matter if you're watching it on CNN or Fox. It doesn't matter if you're getting it from YouTube or Alex Jones. Like you've got to parcel out what you're digesting, folks. Can't tell you that enough. If you're not taking the time to listen to the other side of an argument... You're robbing yourself of an opportunity to grow and to fortify your opinion because it is possible to be wrong. You know, this this whole conversation about Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden somehow going to jail, Daddy Joe and Hunter are going to go to jail. Um, Because the House of Representatives have a slight edge. Like somehow they're going to be able to indict these people. Presidents don't go to jail, folks. I mean, Richard Nixon stole an election, for Christ's sake. And they just, he just said, I quit. Presidents... Don't go to jail. They go, don't go to jail because they know too much. Even Trump. The problem was Trump knew too much already going into being president. It's exactly why he won in the first place. Because he shit on Hillary and exposed her for the lobbyist she is. And she lost. And this this concept of had Biden ran instead of Hillary in 2016, Biden probably would have won then too, for being completely honest. But if you say that to other Republicans, especially my family, they get so upset. And I mean, I'm a centrist conservative for the most part, if that's even a thing. I mean, I just want people to live their own lives, live their truth, and be happy. I don't really care what you think. At the end of the day, I think what I think, and I'm going to vote for what I think. And and that's it. And you're going to vote for what you think, and it doesn't mean we can't be friends. got to get over that. And even though I just told you my political affiliation, you shouldn't be airing that out with people. Really, if you're that immature that you can't handle a little difference, get over yourself. Because what's happening is is that there are family members of mine that are convinced 
that Hunter Biden is going to jail. And they don't know what the pardon of the pen means. I mean, let's just say that they find enough dirt on Dirty Hunter that they're able to indict him and try him him for crimes. It's going to take years to harden that opportunity. And more importantly, Biden will just pardon him. And if Biden doesn't pardon him, I hate to tell you this, whoever's going to be the Republican president is going to pardon him because they owe each other. It's all a big hand job. It's a big circle jerk they give each other. It's fucking great. It's not like people in D.C. give a fuck. I mean, Washington, D.C. per capita has the highest incarceration rate and they have the highest homeless population in the country per capita that little fucking petri dish in washington dc it's like one in every 10 people is homeless and one in 10 people are in jail in dc it's like one and point eight point two people one in eight point two people are in jail in washington dc today And yet it's the most progressive, liberal city, district, whatever you want to call it, in the country. They don't give a shit. Because they're federally subsidized from the federal government. And they exist as a pseudo-city on behalf of the federal government. Who pays the purse? So, again, none of this shit matters. Get off your camp. Both sides suck equally. And they're all in the back room laughing at you. They actually believe what I'm saying. Like they actually believe that I give a fuck about them. They actually care. They they don't. And you know what? For my conservative friends, Nancy Pelosi going away, it's just going to be another figurehead that they're going to put up there. And the next generation of people are going to shit on that person. And there's just going to be another one. Mike McCart, like, like, what do you, what do you expect? Quit subscribing to the polarizing bullshit narratives that you guys are digesting on a f- frequent basis, and just understand. Dare to be different. Dare to be different. All right, we're seven minutes into this. This should have been the intro. Um, we're gonna. Take a break, and then we'll be right back. Good afternoon, everybody. I hope you guys had a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend. Um, Before we get into the holidays, I want to hammer again Ukraine-Russia because it's so important to understand where we are headed with this conflict as the winter rides out. And... What's bizarre about the whole thing is that the United States is is really rallying itself and the UN are rallying themselves around late winter, early spring. That's when they forecast that Putin and his predictability, because he's such a predictable guy, right, is going to make advances on Ukrainian military forces. And at that point, they're hoping that the winter will have kind of castrated the morale of the Russian military. And they will no longer be able to fully function as a mechanized 
moving object heading toward Kiev. That, that, that's ultimately what's happening. And Kiev is ultimately the anchor of that country. Kiev falls, Ukraine falls. You would think Russia would get that, but, but they don't. And they know they can't currently take Kiev. Because they know that they would sacrifice a tremendous amount of blood, sweat, and tears just to get to Kiev, let alone to, to take over it. But right now, of a population of almost a million people and Dontesk, it's in the eastern, southern eastern part of Ukraine is where the majority of the blood and treasure are being spilled because that in that location between Dontesk and and Luhansk, there is a shale oil natural gas facility that sits on top of a shale deposit that ultimately um, will allow Ukraine to be self sustainable without the fear of Ukraine actually doing anything for the foreseeable future, and it just so happens that the majority of the people in that part of Ukraine identify as Russians, so they feel like they have the emotional support as well as the economic um, the economic support to invade this. And again, this is a power grab, no different than Afghanistan and the United States. This is no different than the Soviet Union collapse because that's what's going to happen as a result of this conflict. Any Russian that is intelligent enough to understand foreign policy, they, they got to know that this is ultimately going to end with Russia losing everything, more so than in 1990. Like, this is going to be the collapse and the end of Russia as we know it. And that, that, that doesn't matter if they launch nukes in, 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 into Ukraine or start a World War III. Russia as we know it, with this advancement into Ukraine, as it stands... The Kremlin, St. Petersburg, and Moscow, the western front of, Mo of Russia, will no longer exist as it does today. I promise. They've went far past the line of agreeableness. They've lost hundreds of thousands of young men in this conflict in Ukraine. Double that number is easily those injured in combat. Their military isn't as amazing as they made it out. They were still using pre-Soviet era vehicles to invade Ukraine, thinking that the volume was somehow going to intimidate the Ukrainians as if they were not going to fight. They, they used tanks that have amazing heat signatures that worked wonderfully against our our missile systems we just launched the shit out of those things and blew them up there's tanks all over there's car tank carcasses all over ukraine and the reason why they had to do this was because frankly i mean i'm not a big fan of joe biden but he said it himself it was very underwhelming their cyber attacks prior to ukraine we knew that there was going to be some um, what 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 the Pentagon and the State Department have called a um, 
global event, a um, Pearl Harbor-like event in terms of cybersecurity threats. And they felt, based on all of the evidence, that the Russian military and its cyber command were going to be able to do some significant damage and implement some rather large blows to the Ukrainian infrastructure, they weren't able to do it remotely. They were not able to do it from a laptop. They were able to do some, but not a whole lot. And and frankly, when it comes to their cellular service, Russia did do a fairly good job damaging the cellular service around all of Ukraine. Like, majority of people who possess a phone or cell phone in Ukraine... They're bricks now as a result of some of the, the command, some of the viruses and um, DDoS attacks. And frankly, they, they broke the system as a result of some of these. But what did happen, however, is Ukraine got a blueprint of how they went about attacking. They, they got a lot of the code and a lot of the malicious code and the the, the patterns and everything else. That was, and they gave that to the UN and the United States in exchange for their information. So Ukraine is now exchanging ideas with Europe and the United States. They're now giving back in return for, for some kickbacks. Ukraine's getting billions of dollars in what's going to appear to be... Uh, M, M, fighter jets, American fighter jets, they're going to get planes, they're going to get missiles, they're going to get the whole thing. Like, they're going to train up these kids in Ukraine. There's going to be 20-year-olds flying billion-dollar airplanes, folks, and they're going to go after the Russians. How successful they are, I'm not real sure. But what I can tell you is in Dantesk right now, Ukraine, there is trench warfare going on by the Russians. They are digging trenches. They are digging in their trenches, preparing for a long, fought-out battle to hold the fort until spring. That's what they're being told and asked. And what they don't realize is that very soon they're going to have helicopters and airplanes and anti-tank missiles and anti-air defense. They're sending them missile defense systems like they have in Israel to fight off so much of the air dominance that Russia's been trying to implement on the Ukrainians. So the Ukrainians are only going to be better in the spring. While the Russians are going to be tired and fatigued from a long winter and what's left of the active duty that decide to come on in the meantime. You know, what? what's sad about this whole thing is that Russia is using what's left of its military prowess. They're using what's left of their GDP. They peaked out in 2014. It was, it was an impressive era for them around that time. They were averaging roughly a $1.65 trillion economy at that point. And it's gone. They are using all of the blood and the sweat and the treasure from 
basically their ramp up from 1999 because they started a slow ramp up after 10 years of an economic collapse because they had negative 3% growth from 1990. They had negative 14% growth in 92 as the United States and the UN helped as like a humanitarian effort trying to bail their asses out. They had one brief good year and then they had this long depression through 99. And then around the time of Putin, things started to look up. Economic collapse happens. They rebound. 2015, they they have a collapse. They rebound. But you're going to see a trend from 2021 moving forward because they're propping up their economy with roughly 9 or 10 consecutive positive growth years. They've had an anti-recession, if you will, since 1999. So they've had 22 years minus a few years of economic growth. They've used that growth and they've put it all in on this war in Ukraine. Because when it's all said and done, it's going to mirror very much like 1990. It just is. And it's because Vladimir Putin has a raging hard on for expanding the European, uh, the Russian empire. And somehow taking back what is not his. He, his generals, again, took tires. Tires, for instance, that were budgeted for their vehicles. Their military vehicles. And he said, hey, you need to put these tactical tires on these things. This will make them more operable in the field. The generals were like, you're giving me a billion dollars for tires? How about I do $750 billion or $750 million on tires and I put smaller tires on the, on the cars, on the vehicles, and then I take the $250 million and I put it in my pocket and go buy a yacht? That's what Russian was, the Russian military was doing with a lot of its military budgets. It was squandering treasure at the highest levels of the government. And what they didn't realize is that Putin, (laughs) Putin was going to want to go to war soon. That's what this whole thing's for. So Putin now thinks that he's got these great Goodyear tires on his vehicles, folks. And he's got those shits that are at the dealership when you buy a car. Like, they just got no tread on them. Tires are going flat. There's no run flats on these these tires, folks. And now what, what does Putin do? He takes those generals and he throws them in jail for... Neglect. Like, he he literally is throwing and executing generals as as we speak. They have no NCO Corps, non-commissioned officer corps in their Russian military. They have no discipline whatsoever, horrible tactical advantages. So they're going back to trench warfare, which is like 1907 to 1913. Like, they're going back to the old dig-a-hole, folks. Have you ever heard of a bunker buster bomb? I mean, they make fireworks in Pennsylvania that can put a hole in these trenches now. What are you doing? Millions of Ukrainians are dying right now. They don't know it yet. There's hundreds of thousands on the books, but there's at least a million that are dead. That's the conceivable notion. 
And what's heartbreaking about the whole thing is about 5 million Ukrainians fled Ukraine at the brink of the war. And roughly half of that is back in Ukraine because they want to go back home. And these people are at odds. They're they're in danger still. It's not changing. But they want to fight for their country. They don't want to lose it. There was a time when the United States was in a particular situation like that. When we were fighting the British. Or the Spaniards. Or yes, even Mexico. Like, we've always been at odds with somebody. And who wanted it more and who had the resources. The Ukrainians are fighting and they need our help. They need the help of the world. And the longer this war takes takes on, it's ugly head, the more there is of a chance of a World War III. Because I firmly believe, short of Putin like fleeing Moscow and like going to Iran or somewhere nobody knows, like being basically like banished from Russia or him being hung outside the Kremlin. I I don't see an instance where this ends well for Putin. And a man that I thought was noble enough to not start a war when he knows his country can't afford to go into an economic depression all the sanctions that have took taken place there. Um, one would assume that he's not rational at this point. And if throwing nukes and lobbing up, you know, IBCMs into the air and potentially killing you millions of you, hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians and even the radiation fallout that could potentially hit all of Ukraine and even bleed into Russia, like, this can end poorly for Putin, and I don't know if he really cares at this point. I mean, his cyber command was underwhelming. His military fleet has been underwhelming. He would love nothing more than to impact the United States somehow from a cyber command. But so far, the United States has shown that it's doing everything it can to protect itself from the grid, to our telecommunications, to our satellites, to our roads our pipelines obviously there have been some instances that are linked to the Kremlin but I want to ask all my listeners this one question it's it's a question worth asking your liberal friends we are convinced that Putin is single-handedly the reason why the United States voted for Trump in 2016 After watching this incredible train crash of an invasion, that is the Russian military's 250,000 military superiority of people, personnel, planes, and aviation, for them to foil that with Ukraine, and for their cyber warfare to be as foiled as it is, my question to you is, if they're not even capable of doing one of those things, even remotely competently, what makes you think that they were able to accomplish that in the United States? We just got a bunch of backwards thinking people at times in this country on both sides. 
Putin may have thrown a carrot in front of people like that Geico commercial with the dude with the dollar bill in the fishing bowl. Like, ah, you almost got it. But he didn't win that election. The United States lost that election and they won that election, however you want to look at it. Because they were tired of Hillary Clinton. They were tired of the status quo at the time. Right now, people are living in Kiev in the subway stations. They're living in train stations. They're living underground. Sirens are going off around the clock. And that's a sense of normalcy. Putin has stolen the childhood of millions of children in Ukraine. And even in Russia, because many Young boys and girls in Russia will be growing up without a father because of what Putin decided. And it doesn't matter how many people he throws in jail for their inability to conquer Ukraine, the United States and Europe and NATO are going to continue to pump this government and this country with tons of resources until he can't do anything else about it but, but get hung on the street. And what really pisses me off, to wrap this up, is China. They have had lockdowns in China multiple times. They have at least one million deaths due to COVID in China because of the vaccines. They have protests and riots. They are just imposing their will on their people. And Joe Biden is shaking the hand of King Jinping like it's like no big deal. Mark my words, folks. After Russia, China's right behind it. And there's nothing you or me or my kids can do about it. The best case scenario is I keep my kids in my basement and don't let them take them. Because they're going to try to start a freaking war with the Chinese after this. Because India is doing some malicious shit with China right now. That the, the media is not talking about. Since the 1980s, the two countries have successfully rebuilt some economic ties between the two countries. There are areas that they both deem India or China. The Sino-Indian border dispute is an ongoing territorial dispute over the sovereignty of two relatively large and several smaller separate pieces of territory between China and India. And there's also a, a, a travel path that goes in between Indonesia and around the Chinese Sea and into Beijing, that India could very well neuter, remove, prevent them from being able to trade imports and exports out of. And if so, if that occurs, especially with their oil, which they get a lot of their oil from Saudi Arabia through this pass, if India decides that it wants to play hardball, 
um, we could have ourselves a war between India and China in the next 20 years. So we have a conflict between India and China. We have a conflict now between Russia and Ukraine and Europe and the United States. Like, we need to slow down the fires and chill out. COVID unearthed a lot of feelings. And if people in this country, specifically the United States, don't start electing people with some balls and some spines and go up against these people and diplomatically say, you have but one option. Not this Britney Griner shit where we give up a guns dealer for a basketball player kind of shit. I'm talking about some real strong arming here. It's possible, folks. But in order to do that, sometimes you got to get your hands dirty. And it's sad, but unfortunately, our leadership in Washington, they're not doing anything. 